0: Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, and the Electric Quilt Company. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks
1: for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. Today with on the show, I have four guests, and each one is taking a whole different lean of what we're going to talk about. First up, I am—I just love textured fabric, just love textured fabric, and Teresa Coates is educator for Shannon Fabrics, and so I convinced her, I convinced Teresa to come on and tell us a bit about what she does with Shannon and about how to work with all this fabric. So Teresa, thank you. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So how did you end up at working with Shannon Fabrics? Because you've been in the industry and you've done a lot of different things.
2: I have. So I started, I've sewn my whole entire life. And mm-hmm. um, I was always sort of a closet sewer. And I didn't realize that other people did it.
1: Oh. And, um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was by myself. Wow. And then I, I, saw, I saw a Craigslist ad um, after I graduated college. And I was looking for um, an a job doing magazine editing or editing of some sort, and they mm-hmm. had asked for somebody who had knowledge of English and editing and that sort of thing and also sewing knowledge. And it was the first time I realized that you could have a career doing this, oh. um, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I started working for Fab Shop News, and that's mm-hmm. where I started. And, yes, I've worked for small shops and big shops. I've worked for a couple of manufacturers now, and I ended up on this job um, about six months before um or maybe about a year before fabric depot went under and that's where i came from with fabric depot
1: ah uh, i think that's where i first met you uh, when you were coming to the show probably with them uh so probably so, yes yeah so tell me what what shannon fabrics is because is is it entirely textured fabric is that their their only type of fabric they do
2: they do, uh, I like to tell people they do the weird fabric. So
1: <laughs> we don't do
2: quilting cotton. So they sell a whole bunch of different stuff, mostly known for the cuddle, which is a kind of minky. Um, but they also make uh, terry cloth, waffle, uh, satin, faux fur, faux suede, and luxe cuddle, which is a longer. Um, and then we also do make a uh, cotton double gauze. So it's all not necessarily quilting fabrics, but can be used in quilting and for sewing
1: in general. Yeah, I was looking at the website and, and the scroll bar at the top. There was these amazing little jackets done with uh, mm-hmm. some of the more furry kind of, like, they weren't really yeah. good, but they, they're gorgeous. It's like. That's the Luxe Cuddle. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah,
2: so it's just a long cuddle, and it's, yeah, it's really great because it's machine washable and easy mm-hmm. to work with, but sort of has, like you said, a faux
1: fur look. Yeah, yeah. the one looked a little bit like mink, so it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, and I, you know, I've sworn off of doing clothing because I, I just mostly, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good at it. (laughs) We all have
2: to have our thing, yeah. Yes,
1: yes. So tell me why you personally like texture fabric, because you, you were telling me that this is something you've always loved. I do. I really like the challenge of it. So I um, started working with more textured
2: stuff. I've always done like a myriad of sewing, types of mm-hmm. sewing. But I started working with more textures maybe five or six years ago when I was sewing for Luke Haynes. And if you're mm-hmm. familiar with his stuff, he mixes a whole lot of different substrates together. So he would just send me a box of fabrics and mm-hmm. say, cut these out and sew them together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then I have to figure out how to sew together satin with, you know, terry cloth, with canvas, with all of these different things. And so it was a really great way for me to figure this out. And so then I just sort of taken it from there. And basically I'll try to sew anything out of weird fabrics to see what it, if it'll work and how I can make it work.
1: Yeah. yeah. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about what quilters use shannon fabric for because one of the things i like is that on the blog um, both yours and on the shannon company you show incorporating it into quilts not necessarily just as backing
2: right right so you can totally use it for backing and it's beautiful and then the company also makes a whole ton of different kits that you can just make strip quilts which are basically done quilts as you go but we have a few different techniques because it's a different kind of fabric, but then you can also just mix it in with different stuff. Last year I took Violet Craft's Wolf Mm Abstraction, and I made that out of Lux Cuddle, which Um, is amazing. Yeah, it was super fuzzy and yummy to touch, and um, that was a real challenge and wonderful because I just mixed quilting
1: cottons with the Lux Cuddle. So what are some tips for working with this? Because it is thicker, it does uh, Mm -hmm. it's fluffy Mm -hmm. you know you can't Uh you know how do you do how do you press it give me a few things Teresa
2: so it is a little bit different it's a knit fabric and so that's really the thing that makes it different plus it has a pile so you have a couple of issues in that it stretches and it's messy so the biggest thing that you can do (laughs) that I recommend because the mess can be overwhelming to people is that Uh when you cut it Do all of your cutting at the beginning, and then I just take a wet washcloth, and I clean down my cutting board, and I throw all of that right into the dryer. I let it tumble around on a low heat or no heat for about 10 minutes Mm -hmm. with the wet washcloth. That's really important. And then Mm -hmm. once you take it out, all of that fuzz will be in your lint trap. Then it's just easy enough to sew. Yeah, it's like a little miracle.
1: (laughs) That is a miracle. Oh, my gosh. That is, you know. Because it's that sort of linty stuff that we just don't, yeah. we cotton-only people don't know what to do with. We're like, ah, right. I like everywhere. to call it cuddle dust. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: yeah, it gets everywhere. It's messy. But if you can take care of that at the beginning, the mm-hmm. rest of it is pretty, pretty easy to figure out how to sew it. You do a little bit more pinning, use a walking foot, that sort of thing. There's a ton of tips on the Shannon Fabric's website, and I have a bunch of stuff on mine
1: as well. So if you're going to patch it in with regular cottons, is there something important that we need to know, to know?
2: Uh, pin it like crazy. So that's what you do. And then I just use a, a bigger seam allowance. So when I okay. did the pattern with violets, I just extended that seam allowance so it's a little bit bigger. Because a half inch is easier to sew, and if I don't catch one side, I, will, mm. I, would like, I won't miss one side more. If I have a quarter inch seam allowance, it's easy to... To, you know lose the backside, um, mm-hmm. so I just extend it a little bit make it a wider seam allowance and that allows me some flexibility there plus the seam to a lace bladder which is a now, kind of an interesting thing because it's knit
1: now when you did the wolf that is that is a uh, foundation paper piece pattern, yeah. right yeah so mm-hmm. did you approach it the same way with this fabric I tried <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that didn't work very well. So what
2: I ended up doing was I traced all of her patterns onto um, just on interfacing, um, the SF-101. I traced it all on there, and then I ironed that to the back of the cuddle, which you can actually iron on it totally fine. Um, and I ironed that on and then cut out my seam allowances and pieced it together like that. Yeah.
1: The other fun uh, kits that are out there are those sort of big children's mats. They're Mm -hmm. like a penguin and giraffe, and those are – are they stuffed? They
2: actually use three layers of batting, and so normally in those we use a high loft batting, and that will give it an extra little fluffiness to it.
1: Yeah. Ah, okay. So Teresa, what are you personally? You're also a, an artist, you know yourself. So mm-hmm. what do you do when you know, you do a lot of travel for for Shannon? Are you out teaching just the working with the these fabrics for Shannon when you go out to teach? Prim-
2: yeah, primarily that's what I'm doing. Stores. I'm generally teaching in stores. Um, or I'm teaching at events and then I'm coming in and I teach them how, teach consumers how to sew with these fabrics. I do speak at quilt guilds occasionally on my own art, but, um, primarily I travel with the company. Yeah. Right.
1: And I know you were out with the fat quarter shop and you did some videos Mm -hmm. with them. So I did. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So were those with the strip kits, you know, mostly?
2: We did, actually, I think we did nine or ten videos together, and Ooh, we did okay. them with the strip quilt. We did them how to bind with the minky fabrics, how to do an embrace mm. scarf, a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah. How ah, to get okay. accurate information out there. I can only mm-hmm. teach so many classes, so
1: right,
2: I, right. this was a better way of getting it out to the masses.
1: Yeah. yeah, so I will link to those uh, and also the website and everything. So with Thanks. your own art, uh, you showed me mm-hmm. an absolutely gorgeous piece uh, with angel wings. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. That's your personal art.
2: It is. So that's the Ascension quilt, and I made yeah. that last year uh, with my partner who is an illustrator, an artist. Um, and mm-hmm. so he had painted wings on his wall that were very, very similar to those, and I had really liked it. And so he painted this big mural on his bedroom wall, and I said, do you think we could work together somehow um, and mm-hmm. see if we can combine? And so we took his wing art, and he drew new patterns for it, and then we worked mm-hmm. together to create that quilt. And it was just – it was an amazing experience to try to bring together his – knowledge and understanding of color and painting and all of that into my world of quilting. And we Mm -hmm. sort of got to overlap and both learn from each other, from each other's art. Um, It was a wonderful experience. And then it got to show in a couple of different events where we have people come and they get to stand on this little step stool and stand in front of the wing and uh, be angelic. Yeah, Yeah. it was really wonderful.
1: So when you were piecing that, that, is it applique? Is it more collage style? So the back of it is all
2: pieced. There's, like, mm-hmm. three large pieces of um, cotton. And then the front, the wings are actually individually sewn feathers, that then we applicate onto the backing. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It is just it gorgeous. The colors are beautiful. Are they similar to his artwork, the colors? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So he had painted it all in the grays and the silver, which
2: is, like, then we had him paint. He did airbrushing, silver spots on it. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually used his old favorite jeans for the top of the wing oh. so that it's oh. sort of fluffy around the edges. So yeah. are actually his patched up jeans. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh Teresa, it's just amazing. What, what a cool, Thanks. cool project. Oh, Thank you. So do you sew at all when you're on travel? Do you take a little machine with you? I
2: do. I actually bought a little featherweight just for that Um,
1: because sometimes I'm on the
2: road for two weeks and I I can't Mm -hmm. go two weeks without sewing. Right. So I got this little featherweight and then I actually buy little kits is what I do and then I take them on the road with me. Um, I do all of my cotton sewing basically while I'm on the road. So I go back to the hotel and I can do some little piecing and it sort of gets the, yeah, it calms me down. It's my little Zen project. And then I make little yeah. quilts while I'm out. I made my parents' anniversary quilt in four different states.
1: Oh, <laughs> like, that's I just worked on it along the way. Well, Teresa, this has been so much fun and so informational. I just I just have to work with this more. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm always happy to help. You can visit uh, Teresa herself for her website, TeresaCoats.com, and visit ShannonFabrics.com and learn all about their, their products and how to use them with even more tips. And I will link over to the videos Teresa did. We'll be right back.
3: Layer cakes, jelly rolls, honey buns, and turnovers, oh my! Inspiration for your favorite Moda Fabrics pre-cuts are just a click away at the Moda Bake Shop. Search the vast catalog of free patterns by project type or by pre-cut. The Bake Shop chefs are also cooking up fun all year long to celebrate the Bake Shop's 10th anniversary with quilt-alongs, giveaways, challenges, and sewing tips. Visit ModaBakeshop.com for all the fun. Want to
4: design your own quilts? Now you can with Electric Quilt 8 software. Design quilts, blocks, and import your favorite fabrics. Or use any of the thousands of designs in the library. Podcast listeners, take 20% off your purchase through May thirty first, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ.
1: back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am so delighted, just so delighted to be interviewing uh, next Bill Locke from Studio Bill. It sounds like a TV show, I think. So Bill, thanks for being here. I think you need to have that. You need to have a Studio Bill TV show. What do you say?
5: Oh, I think that's a great idea. So maybe that's the next thing I need to look into. I need to live until I'm 500 anyway. So we'll just add on a few years. (laughs)
1: so bill is a fabulous designer and you probably have seen his work if you don't own it already uh and i'm just you know bill it was so fun to chat with you at the trade show recently um you know how often do you travel
5: the last year or two i've traveled a little less because i I opened, you know, I had a brick and mortar shop, which I actually closed last May to be able to concentrate more on the design part of my business and mm-hmm. my retail online. But I try to get to the quilt market at least once a year, and in recent years, I've been going twice. I just think I need that for my inspiration and for my getting to meet the customer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the same way with me. I just like to be there and and see what's going on. You know, when did you? When did you actually start? sewing. Have you, have you sewn all your life?
5: I started sewing in 1992. Of course, I started sewing when I was 10, so we won't talk yeah. about age. <laughs> and it all started when I bought, I bought my first home and I needed to get out and about and do some things uh, uh, you know, just, just to have a, a fun pastime. And I discovered a quilt shop that was not too far from where I lived and I went in and discovered they were having a class and the class was actually your comb flower pattern. And this is so funny because I feel so great today, like it's done full circle. I started with your cone flower pattern, and here I am talking to you today, and you got me, so you were my initiation into all of this cruelty stuff.
1: Oh, that's so fun that you started with an applique project, too, rather than, um, and you do lots of, you do gorgeous applique designs.
5: I do a lot of applique now. It's just funny that that was my first one. That's not normally what you would do for a beginner class, but...
1: A lot of it people was, start with patchwork, but I just—I'm just so grateful that you uh, that you found that class. That is just so cool. Now you are—you are a designer. I mean, you have a lot of design background because your first life, I would say, before you quilted, you—you you were in a in the design field. How did you make a transition, and why did you make a transition over to just the quilt industry?
5: Um, you know, I've got many years in in the. Fashion fabric business, and from there I was in interior design. And in all those years, I was still sort of doing the freelancing with regards to quilting and patchwork. Mm-mm. It was just always something I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in 2011, um, I had I had started uh, putting up my patterns a couple of years prior to that. And I kind of felt that you know what, we're not getting any younger, and I need to do so much more with this quilting. And if I don't decide to do this full time, I'm not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I just walked in one day and. After much decision and thought provoking conversations, I just told mm-hmm. my boss that particular day, I'm leaving and I'm going, you know, I'm just attacking quilting full time and I have never turned back. It's been fabulous. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I did. I think um, we may have even talked about this once, but I did kind of the same thing. It's like, hey, I need to go do this. You know, I'm, I have more passion for this than what <laughs> I was doing.
5: Oh, much more passion for this. I, I'm happy. Yeah. Since 2011, I am happy. I'm in, yeah. my, I'm in my happy place.
1: Yes. So, so what kind of projects do you like to design? Tell, tell me a little bit about that.
5: A lot of my designs will work around applique, uh, wool applique. I've been doing quite a bit last uh, – actually, in Houston, I had a lot of designs that were done in homespun cottons. Mm-hmm. I, I like to do patterns that introduce several techniques within the same pattern. I find that if a shop, it's going to teach a class – they may have a lot of students that haven't done a lot of different techniques, so I may have a table runner, and I do a lot of smaller projects, mm-hmm. but that table runner pattern may do a little applique, it could do a little quilt as you go, uh, it just may have a, you know, it may have some paper piecing, I like to mix different techniques into that same project mm-hmm. in, in small portions.
1: In small. So how do you like working with wool?
5: Oh, I, you know what, if I, Pat, if I could eat wool, I would.
1: <laughs> it's I nice, mean, huh? Wool,
5: wool is absolutely delicious in every way. And then, of course, working with wool threads with your wool, it's like sewing with butter.
1: Yeah. Do you do all wool projects or do you prefer to mix them?
5: I do some all wool, but I really, really enjoy adding wool applique to my cotton foundations mm-hmm. for my quilts, yeah. lap quilts. I just love that. Yeah. It's
1: also a little more cost effective, right? Because the wool is usually pricier.
5: Oh, it really is. If I'm doing a class, a workshop, or, um, you know, doing a kit, I'll sometimes try to use cotton for the background. Or I'll sometimes use a wool that is not felted, um, a heavier uh, garment wool that can be a background. It's, you know, that works really, really well. Or, a, or, or a thick flannel for the background. Mm-hmm. And then just use applique. Your applique can be the felted wool. That cuts down on the expense a little bit as well. Yeah.
1: So, what type? Tell me, type of appliqué you like? Because you, you, we have a particular um, technique you like to do.
5: I, I do all kinds of appliqué, but uh, over the last couple of years, I've been really diving into what I call my applique simple, which mm-hmm. kind of puts a little bit of a French term onto like simple appliqué. Mm-hmm. And I find that one of the techniques that we have a problem with. Teaching beginners today is applique. They're they're anxious about needle turn. They're anxious about getting that refined look. The mm-hmm. applique cannot. You know, you need a project that's going to be very forgiving for the for the beginner. Mm-hmm. So with appli simpler, I traced my applique shape on the back of a very very lightweight interfacing. I have it in white and charcoal, and then I sew that um, on the right side. You know, on the right side of my my applique fabric. Mm -hmm. all the way around without leaving any space for turning. When it's finished, you just snip an X in the back of that interfacing, flip it around that applique shape. It just pulls all of those raw edges right behind it, press it, pin it to your applique background, and then just hand stitch or machine stitch all the way around. You've gotten rid of all of those raw edges. There's no needle turn. And I find that if we can find a way like that to introduce somebody to applique, Mm-hmm. and they'll see the satisfaction that they're getting from the applique. Then they will advance to needle turn and other techniques in applique. But appli simple is, is absolutely fantastic.
1: So when you're doing that, Bill, one thing that uh, I – can you give me a tip or tell me like sort of how to finesse this? Because you know when you turn it inside out, so now yes. you, know, you have to press it so that you don't see yeah. that interfacing underneath along the edge. Is there a Correct. way to do that? Uh, you know, because sometimes people get the interfacing still showing on the edge.
5: You need to get. You know, it's it's like you know you're making bread. You've got to get your hands <laughs> in there, your fingers in there. You've got to work it a little bit. So what I do is, if I feel that a little bit of the interfacing may be showing around a certain edge, I'll just finger roll the fabric out over that little bit of the interfacing and press it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just really just just rolling it out and pressing it again, just a smidgen to cover. And I find that if you do that, it works really well. Now, I use two colors, so I'll use the white uh, interfacing for, like, a a really light or white applique. But the charcoal one is is the one I go with mostly, and it it really marries really well with just most all colors of fabric. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that there was charcoal color. I don't know what's wrong with me. I only know about the white or the off-white, you know. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, there's the white, sense. the
5: off-white, the black, but the charcoal is, is just a softer. You know what? I have to send you a package so you can see the charcoal, what I've used. Yeah. And you, you, you'll enjoy it. Yeah.
1: You know, that just makes a whole lot of sense because particularly if you're using darker fabrics or, you know, just a lot of fabrics would probably be helped by having that
5: darker edge so you
1: just you don't see it. Perfect. You're, you're definitely so smart, need, Bill.
5: You definitely need the darker – now, now before, I, before I learned about this interfacing, I used to go through twice as much fabric because I would put my my applique fabric right tight together, sew all the way around, and then the backing mm. and my top were the same fabric, so that was kind of a yeah. waste of nice print. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You want to use – and also, it's a little thicker if you do it that way.
5: And it's a little thicker. You're right. It's a little thicker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what is your favorite tool that, you know, like a tool that you just can't live without?
5: Oh, there are, you know, there are so many that I love. <laughs> but one, the two, the two that really comes to mind immediately are my thread snips, and I have them at every station where I'm going to be sewing. You will find them uh-huh. all over the place. Thread mm-hmm. snips, they're small, they're compact. But my most important one is my self-adhesive, um, the little finger, the leather self-sticking thimbo.
3: Those oh. little dots,
5: I cannot live without those because I, ha- I, am- I have to feel my fabric. And when I put a metal um, symbol on my finger, I've lost the, con- the contact between me and my project. I, ca- I can't mm-hmm. feel through that metal. I, I need that little dot that-, that, you know, I don't know about you, but I will always stick my finger in the exact same spot no matter what I'm oh. sewing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where the little what leather dot has to go exactly. <laughs>
1: I know what is that? I mean, it can. I, you, we have a lot of surface on our finger, and it will go, and I will hit the same spot. I am the same. It's the
5: same spot. I don't know what that's about, but it's true. It's the same spot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what are you known for? I mean, when people uh, think of you, Bill, like, or the, you know, what would they say? Is this is what Bill does?
5: I think they they would know. I'm a very huggy person, so when I meet people. <laughs> uh, you know whether it's at the quilt market or in my classes i find that i just love the connection with the person um you know business is one thing but i i like that personal that personal touch in no matter what i do so if i'm going to a class if i'm going to a workshop if i'm going to to market to to sell or to buy Mm -hmm. i'm known well, my, I think I'm known for my friendliness, my hugging. Maybe that's the French culture also. I spent so many right. years there in Quebec. I mean, the Quebec, they <laughs> hug everybody and you kiss twice. That's just the way oh. it is. And, <laughs> and maybe that's what's rubbed off into my business. But I'm also very, very customer service oriented. I, mm-hmm. I'm known that, you know, if someone sends me an email, it's replied to within one day. I, uh, mm-hmm. I do not, not reply to anything. Everything is replied to, no matter how simple it is or how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I'm known to be a people person.
1: Yeah, I would. I would say I would agree with that. And an amazing designer. We're going to add that on there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. I just. I've been sitting here looking at your posy trio, which is a table runner. I'm really into table runners right now, Bill. So
5: that oh, is so my favorite. This table runner, love it. Oh,
1: it's it's three great big flowers, and they're just. Very symmetrical, very pretty. I like that. It looks like they could have wool in the center too.
5: You could, that would look gorgeous in wool. Now those are done in the sampler uh technique because you mm-hmm. know what they're easier to turn they're larger pieces. a great beginner project. but I've done that in moderns I've done it in homespun i've done it in traditional prints, and it mm-hmm. looks that looks really fabulous in any of those in any of those styles.. Yeah.
1: So, online, Bill, we have only like 30 seconds. Uh, do you, you have um, your website is Bill Lock, with an e on the end designs dot com, and then can they find you on Facebook as well?
5: Actually, I have a new. I have a, the new website is StudioBillLock.com. Oh, That's okay. where they will find me. Um, on Facebook, they can find me under just Bill Lock, which I use quite a lot. They can also find me studio Bill Lock on Facebook, but. Just my regular personal bill, Lock is where all my customers, you know, going back to taking a personal, you know, making my business personal. That's where they (laughs) go.
1: Perfect, perfect, Bill. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you, Pat. It's been great chatting with you, and I look forward to seeing you in Kansas City.
1: I'll see you there. We'll be right back. Thank you.
4: of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out.
3: Make your next quilt project a piece of cake using cake mix recipes from Moda Fabrics. This unique triangle paper is designed to work in conjunction with Moda's 10-inch square and 5-inch square pre-cuts that make baking a layer cake or charm square quilt easier than ever. Each pad includes enough sheets for each piece in your pre-cut stack, including a few extras for practice, plus a few simple block and layout ideas. Just mix with one or two Moda Layer Cakes or Charm Packs and you're ready to start stitching. Pick up ingredients for cake and cupcake mix recipes at your local quilt shop.
1: Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. For this uh, segment, I am super excited because I saw a book that came across my desk. You know, the different publishers send me books, and I had a book called Modern Memory Quilts come by. And I thought, well, this is interesting. You know, I like memory quilts because I love stories and I like knowing what's going on. And so I opened it up and started looking through, and I was like, this is. This is very different. Um, Suzanne Paquette is the author, and she has really put together some different ways of thinking about pulling your memories and different designs she's putting together. We're trying to get hold of her here, so I'm just going to talk uh, for one more second. Ah, I think she's here. Suzanne, are you there?
6: I am here. Hello. Hi,
1: Pat. Hello. Hello, wonderful. I am I am just thrilled uh to have seen your book uh come across my come across my desk, The Modern Memory Quilts, and then I knew I had to call you. So uh Thanks appreciate so that you could jump in.
6: Great. Thanks so much.
1: You know, you live a pretty creative life, not just, you know, doing memory quilts, but your whole entire life is is Part, different parts of your business or creative parts. How did you start getting interested in memory quilts? Well, I've
6: um, I've sewn for my entire life. My mom taught me to sew when I was six or seven. And then um, it quickly became my favorite pastime. I went to um, a university for fashion design um, and then um, – I came across quilting, actually, through uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jacqueline Sava, who owns Sokolash. We've been friends for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, quilting sort of came into my uh, realm sort of around the time that uh, I learned more about what she was doing. And then um, around the time that I was pregnant, a friend gave me a copy of one of Denise Schmidt's books, and that's when I really fell in love and knew it was something I had to do. And I was a little bit surprised that I hadn't actually explored quilting before that, since I'd sewn so many other different things.
1: So, did you make a baby quilt first? Is that? Yeah, that's went? it. With so it. exactly, yeah. I was. I,
6: <laughs> I was pregnant with my son.
1: Yeah.
6: Um, and I'm a pretty sentimental person, and so all these things were kind of swirling around me. And I think around the same time, I had seen um, some memory quilts. Uh, probably searching on the internet for something. And I knew instantly that I would want to save my son's clothes and and make a memory quilt out of it. So in the end, that ended up actually being the very first quilt I made was uh, um, a memory quilt with his
1: clothing and my husband's clothing. Oh, that is really. You are very sentimental, aren't you? That's. Uh, I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lovely. It is so lovely. I'm not, and I just love <laughs> reading and knowing people who are. Because I'm like, I don't think like that. You know, I don't know that that would occur to me to even <laughs> right. do. So it's. Um, now, when you, when you were collecting the fabric to do those two. Your, t- you know, your husband's and your son's clothing together did you do anything special like did you sketch it out first did you know you wanted certain colors
6: yeah so interestingly the, f- the first clothes I made because I made it with their clothing especially my mm-hmm. son's clothing I had been the one that had purchased most of the clothing and yeah. <laughs> like most people I have a tendency to like certain colors over others so naturally the clothing I had selected all kind of went together and of course baby clothes because they grow so fast you acquire a lot of clothes that they grow very quickly so I ended up just picking a few of my husband's pieces of clothing that he was no longer wearing um that sort of coordinated with my son's clothing and that's how I chose the palette for that first quilt
1: so let's talk about now you make just as far as I'm going to switch gears so you also make memory quilts for other people
6: Yeah, exactly. So after I made that first quilt, um, it was around the time that I decided that I wanted to sort of start up my own business again, and I thought that I would really enjoy doing um, making memory quilts for other people. Partly because I enjoyed the the process so much, and and I, you know, I I love sewing, and and I was starting to really love quilting. But also, um, prior to that, I worked for Cirque du Soleil for. Twelve years, um, and really a lot of my time there. I worked in the in the merchandising department, and a big part of my job was actually trying to um, recreate the memories of the show in different products that we would sell in the boutique. So it was around that idea again of, of really taking sort of intangible memories and putting them into a very tangible project product. And I really, I really enjoy that work. I really like taking something that's sort of ethereal and, and making it into something physical and real. So I feel like those two things really led me down the path to, um, to creating memory quotes for other people.
1: When I look through your book, one of the Parts that really struck me, besides just the absolutely lovely stories that you told, you know, and how you, you brought you brought us into the whole thing through your story, but just the designs. I mean, just looking at the designs, these are not things that you designs that are are everyday. They are very unique. How did you approach these when you were putting the book together?
6: Thanks. So, so yeah, because I think my my background is not in quilting, even though I've sewn um, mm-hmm. for. A long long time and I did in university I learned how to pattern draft um, I really I kind of jumped in with both feet with that first quilt I, I designed the pattern so I sketched it out first and I, I didn't work in a block format that was not sort of creating blocks was not something that mm-hmm. was familiar to me and I think mm. also because I, I really tend to prefer asymmetrical design designs with a lot of negative space, which is part of the reason I was really attracted to modern quilting. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, I I ended up um, designing the pattern from a slightly different angle, and then I just found, um, although I appreciate other quilts that are are block designs, um, it was sort of more natural for me to create this sort of, I I work in sections often in my quilt versus blocks, Um, and so that's how a lot of the the patterns were built uh, in the book.
1: I think it's great, too, because it gives a whole different feel to those memory pieces. And because it's now a book with patterns, people can follow it. So if they like it or if they want to just riff off of it a little bit, they have a base that you've provided. Um, you know, yeah, if you have that's a, it. And Sorry, that's,
6: that's exactly what I wanted to do with the book, that you could go and you could recreate the pattern exactly if you really like it. But you could also, like you said, use it as a jumping off point, which I think is a really key thing in, in making memory quilts because the clothing is always a different size. It's, there's a lot of different factors you have to take in consideration, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to highlight those things rather than follow a very specific um, mm-hmm. pattern.
1: So out of all the stories in there, is there one that uh, sort of stands out that you can share, you know, a little bit behind the scenes of us, how it happened?
6: Sure. I mean, for sure, I love all the stories. That was Mm -hmm. really interesting (laughs) for me in in doing the interviews is that everybody had something really different and unique to say, but one little behind-the-scenes thing I can share is that for the arabesque quilt for Tasha and Isaiah, Um, Tasha's quite sentimental as well, and she... um, She also shows a lot of expression in her face. So when we Mm -hmm. went to do the photo shoot for the book uh, to shoot her and her son with their quilt, we decided to do a surprise reveal. So they came to the – it was really fun. They came to the location. We (laughs) set them all up. Vivian, the photographer, sort of sat them down and got them all positioned. And then we got them to close their eyes, and I draped the quilt over them and then – over their laps. And then – and uh, you know, we counted down on three and they opened their eyes and then Vivian just shot like in rapid succession, a whole bunch of photos. And you can see in the book that we've captured a whole bunch of Tasha's different expressions. And for me, that's the epitome of, of memory quilting that it really brings out so many different emotions um, in the person that will use and, and receive the quilt.
1: What is also fascinating that I noticed is that you have like a little, uh, collages for pictures of the two of them and they you can tell their mother and son I mean they are right. doing like the same expressions <laughs> yes. it is so darling you pick the best yeah. photos <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're really they're some of my favorite photos in the
6: book and we have like maybe I don't know at least four more I was hoping to put in but of course there's yeah. space constraints and all of that so
1: right right oh now what are a few tips for people about clothing that that, that have never done this, you know, what do they need to know about using clothing
6: that you've learned? Right. So one thing about using clothing that's different from if you're using clothing cotton is um, the two of the key things are really control, controlling stretch in the clothing. A lot of people will use t-shirts and a memory quilt,
3: mm-hmm. Um
6: And I- There are different ways you can control that stretch, whether it's through using uh, an interfacing, either fusible or non-fusible, or starching. Um, But really, proper preparation of those clothing pieces before you start cutting them and piecing them really makes life easier. So that's one thing I always um, remind people to keep in mind.
1: What about little – you've incorporated, like, pockets and some dimensional things off of pieces, because a lot of children's clothes might have, like, floppy ears on something. Right. How do you – how do you handle those? Do you tack them down?
6: Uh, I do. In some, it really depends on what the client wants. So in some cases, mm-hmm. I will tack them down. In every circumstance, I always um, go through the clothing with the client, or if it's for myself, I'll go through the clothing and mm-hmm. sort of make note of all the special little features that I might want to highlight and where they're located. Sometimes, if a feature is located near a really bulky seam. Unless I really, really want to use it, I might avoid it um, because also managing your bulk and your seam allowances is another thing you want to be careful of. Um, but I'll go out and I'll plan things and so that I can also, when I'm cutting, uh, remember to either highlight those things or make sure they're in the center of the piece uh, or whatever. And then, um, and then yeah, it's, and then it's preparing it again and just keeping in mind that if it's a bulky area, I'll have to remember during quilting um, that I might quilt around it rather than trying to quilt uh. through it. And things like that,
1: yeah. That's a good tip because you don't always have to quilt, like, through an intersection or something if you've got jeans bulk. You can, you know, plan your quilting so that it just is sort of in the open space. How convenient, exactly. right?
6: <laughs> exactly. And, and a great tip from one of my, uh, the long-arm quilters that I work with is that she puts just a little piece of masking tape over things you don't want to quilt over so that as you're working at your machine, uh, you know, it doesn't sort of get lost and you, you can re, you sort of have that remembrance to, once you get to that part, to remember to avoid it and to go around it.
1: Ah, perfect. You know, I've never thought about that. I think i would put a pin in it, but, you know, that can right. get lost or stuck or fall out. You know, it's like, That's oh, That's it, no. or stab you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where did that go? <laughs> Where did that go? Um, so what, do, what, do you work, what is currently, we have about a minute. What are you currently working on yourself right now?
6: Yeah, so right now um, I'm starting to teach and do uh, lectures um, that support with the different patterns that are in the book. So I have different workshops available, and also um, a trunk show where I talk a little bit more about the different stories uh, behind the quilts in the book, and also a little bit about the the techniques uh, in memory quilting. And I'm also looking for you know I'm sort of working on ideas on how I can rethink the workshop experience and. Especially for memory quilts where it's such an emotional experience for a lot of people that um I have a few ideas that I'm working on around how to incorporate that into a workshop setting.
1: But well, that would be interesting because people need a little hand holding maybe to get started. But uh, Absolutely. It, you know, it's not something they're gonna complete in class. So uh <laughs> That's it.
6: That's it. It's just getting started. The first, honestly, the first cut into the clothing, especially if it's Mm -hmm. baby clothing or even any clothing, quite frankly, when it's personal to you. um, That first onesie I cut of my sons, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Get the tissue uh, box. Once you get through that, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this, Suzanne, this has been so interesting uh, and such great tips. Your book is amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. So kind. Thank you. So everybody can visit Suzanne at her website, which is Atelier6design.com, and I have a link to that. Thank you, Suzanne.
6: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye.
3: Our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more.
4: Start at the beginning. Design your next quilt like the pros. Quilt designers Nancy Mahoney and Alice Blythe both use Electric Quilt 8 software to design their gorgeous quilts. And you can too. Get EQ8 and start designing just minutes after you purchase. Podcast listeners, take 20% off through May thirty first, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan and you know it's always fun to hear about a quilter who is doing something interesting and different that we all need to know about. That's basically what it is. My girlfriend Sue told me that I needed to go out and look at this website Woolly Mammoth because Anna Bates was out there. She is videotaping her travels in her RV and she made one of my patterns and da da, 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 da. eventually I, I got out there, I looked, and now Anna's here to tell us about her wonderful adventures and her travels. So I appreciate you being able to do this, Anna.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a great
1: time. You know, my friend Sue has been following you, I don't know, for probably as long as you've been uh, traveling and and videoing. She just loves to watch where you are and see what you're doing. Uh, You have both a blog and a YouTube channel for your videos. How long have you been doing your blog? I would say, um, I would have to guess, but probably over five years. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then, your your traveling though is a little bit less than that, right? Uh, With the right, we're going
0: on third year now.
1: Okay. So what's is the so when you write on your website when you first started writing was it just a document your quilting? Yes,
0: uh, my quilting and my life. So you know, it also had my cooking disasters. It had my children. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it had just life, my general life, including Mm -hmm. which, you know, a great percentage of it was quilting. So, Mm -hmm. um, it had a lot of that, too.
1: (laughs) So, how did you come up with the name Wooly Mammoth?
0: Well, um, I am addicted to the wool fibers and just trying to find something that wasn't already taken, I kind of Googled because you could only, you know, you had to pick a name, and mm-hmm. finally came up with uh, Woolly Mammoth, and it had to be spelled a certain way, mm-hmm. so that's how we ended up with it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's really uh, it's it's a fun that you remember it. That's the one thing, Anna. You remember yeah. your your website name. So when you and your husband decided to start RVing, what you know, like traveling a lot in your RV, what did you, what kind of went through your head about documenting that and sharing it with people?
0: Well, um, initially it was because um, I was so, you know, enamored in the quilting world, and I just couldn't imagine picking up another craft, which would have been scrapbooking our travels. So mm-hmm. I decided to um, just video and then figuring out, we've always been in a very small um, vehicle to travel with and figuring out how we could both be involved without um, driving each other crazy or having something to do while on the road.
6: Mm-hmm. So we
0: came mm-hmm. up with um, doing a travel and quilting video, and that way we can document for ourselves where we've been and we mm-hmm. can share with other stitchers where we've been.
1: It is It is so fun. You're very comfortable. You and your husband are both very comfortable in front of the camera. Did you Have you done that before?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> it, we are not professionals at all, as some of our subscribers will tell you. I mean, when I get excited in a quilt shop, that camera starts moving a little too fast for people. <laughs> but no, um, my husband was a cartographer, um, which is
1: uh, a map drawer. Mm-hmm. And I was a nurse. Ah, so you were a people person. Yeah. I have, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Always I in front of people. You like people, so. Uh. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and you know, nursing is such a fabulous career. It's like teaching where you have to um, make people comfortable because they're in a very challenging situation. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where I was trained.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I think that probably helps then on on being on video because you're used to sort of talking and, you know, it's probably the people you don't know a lot, so you're comfortable there It right. shows. It's good. Uh, are you RVing full time? No, no. We
0: are uh, most of the year we are in our town of Sisters, Oregon, and we belong to a little uh, group of friends that, uh, travel around and camp together on short trips and then we started taking a uh one to two to three month trip uh during the winter time when we could uh travel and see the United States and uh take in some other quilt shows and shops and stitchers.
1: Yeah. So do you now you also travel with your um one of your pets, right? Oh yeah, we only have one. Oh, okay. And he
0: is—he is, he is uh, in charge of us.
1: <laughs> and he's not a little pet, is he? He's a—he's a fairly big dog.
0: Yeah, he's a fifty-pound uh, standard yeah. poodle. Uh, people like uh, seeing him on our videos and on our Instagram and Facebook, and and he loves, absolutely loves quilters.
1: Oh. That's well, good. That's good. I, that's good. I think you're... he can smell the fiber on them. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's got the nose for it. They have yeah. thread in there. I know. Mom, let's I go know. meet them. That's like <laughs> <laughs> So how long how I mean how often are you doing a, a video and and do you do you write and video on the same schedule? No. Um I write uh Currently, my own personal
0: blog uh, goes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays under the uh, Mm woollymammoth.blogspot.com. And then on Wednesdays, I write for Alex Anderson and Ricky Timms on The Quilt Show, and that is under um, Anna and G on the Road. And then uh, we – the video doesn't have a schedule, but we usually try – to get one out once a week at least sometimes Mm -hmm. during quilt shows it'll be more like two or three times a week because I know people are waiting to see those right but we're also enjoying our life so Mm -hmm. you know we take a break
1: (laughs) right right yeah you you, you know this isn't a (laughs) full-time job for you that you're you're retired and you're having fun this is a fun thing so
0: (laughs) exactly exactly
1: Yeah, you don't want to make it a job. So that's quite a bit. Um, That's quite a bit of sharing. But your videos are are a mix because I've been watching them. You will show just the locations that you're going. Are you editing them or is your husband? Oh, my husband
0: is. I have no clue how to do that. (laughs) And and he
1: also um,
0: has been composing some of the music on the video. He's a... Mm. He can play the guitar by ear, so he's quite adept at playing music. And uh, so he he chooses the music either from the YouTube library or he composes it himself.
1: Well, that's amazing. How cool is that? Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's a fun thing that gives him a little bit of, you know, a purpose or a hobby, like, you know, to do on your travel. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny because I told him one day, I said, you know, if I die, uh, uh, if you die, I can't do the videos because I don't know how to edit them. And and he looked at me and he said, well, you know, if you die, we aren't doing the videos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to go to quilt shows and shop. <laughs> yeah, going to quilt shows will stop. That will be the last one. You're funny. You two are funny. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Now, when you stitch on the road, you take projects along because of, are you taking a sewing machine? Are you doing all handwork? Both.
0: Um, Unfortunately, this year, the weather across the country has been not, um, uh, uh, you know, a good thing for someone who wants to sew outside. And Mm -hmm. uh, in this uh, trailer we're in is so small that I have to set up my sewing machine out on a picnic table. Mm-hmm. And so I've not been able to do that. So all I'm doing is handwork right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, but uh, I have
0: a sewing machine with me.
1: <laughs> you have it. Hope, hoping, hoping for the sun to come out. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So when you're traveling, just, uh, do you plan where you're going? This is just sort of, you know, like, or do you just go and then you end up places and you stop? I mean, do you, or do you have like a plan for that month that you're gone? Um,
0: Sometimes we do, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't. Um, so the uh, la- two years ago when we left, we played it by ear, and we ended up in Nebraska and Wyoming and South Dakota. And I just kind of, today in this uh, Internet world, I could have the iPad and look ahead at what quilt shops are ahead, what mm-hmm. quilt shows are going on, and then we could kind of veer that path. If there was something that we also wanted to see, hiking-wise, because um, uh, G likes to hike a lot. But um, otherwise, you know, it's a combination. It really is okay. a combination.
1: Yeah. And when you stop, will you stay for like a week in one's place, or does it vary greatly?
0: It varies greatly. Uh, okay. It gets tiring as we get older to like mm-hmm. pull up stakes every four days, three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we like to stay in an area at least a week, if not more, to really see what's there.
1: Mm-hmm. So what? So you also sew on some of your videos. You do a little bit. You just share what you're working on. Do you do tutorials as well?
0: I do uh, just on what I'm doing. I okay. am not a designer. Mm-hmm. I am not a professional sewer. <laughs> I am kind of like a. Well, what I always say is that I am the most important person in the quilting industry, and that is the customer right and <laughs> so i um do make all the mistakes uh, have all the challenges, and I show those and If something's successful, mm-hmm. I'm showing that too
1: right yeah, yeah take all the take all the glory as well, right yeah, that's correct because
0: <laughs> it's so far a few between.
1: <laughs> so are you finding a lot of quilters when you reach um camps
0: oh i do you know it's um i made this little banner that says uh quilt where you park it that's in our back window and that seems Mm -hmm. to attract quilters (laughs) you know it's Mm -hmm. hanging in our window Mm -hmm. so um uh, and then I look for shops that might, you know, some. we're in a 20-foot trailer, so uh, we take breaks from each other. Geo go hiking with the dog, and I'll go to a local shop if they have an open stitch day. I'll okay. go there and stitch, you know, because, you know, it's 24-7.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. You need, yeah, you need a little, you know, your own personal space, time, and you need to see other quilters, so... Uh, Anna, this has just been fabulous. I just love uh, that you're doing this and that you're sharing. Uh, So much fun. Yeah, one stitcher at a time, I'm
0: going to connect the world. That's the way I feel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you are on a roll to doing that, my friend. You certainly are. (laughs) Oh, well, thank
0: you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, I appreciate you being able to come on here. People can visit you at Wooly with an IE mammoth Uh dot blogspot dot com. And from there, you can find all the places that Anna writes at and find her YouTube videos and see her and her husband G. And what's your dog's name? Enzo. Enzo, that's right. I'd forgotten. Perfect. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. This is American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. Visit me on Facebook. You can join my group at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. And if you're doing UFOs, remember, visit the American Patrick and Quilting's Facebook UFO group, which you can be inspired by what all is being finished. It's incredible. I need to work on my personal UFO for the month. Once again, another quilt needs binding. The binding never seems to end here in my Studio. I don't know what's with that. So we're going to say goodbye and see you next time.
0: Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.
3: and thanks for listening keep in touch American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook Pinterest and Instagram at All Quilt. email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us Have a creative week.